Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present Him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. No one has ever seen God, nor can anyone see him, because he dwells in inapproachable light. It's only because he's wanted to make himself known that it's even possible for you to know anything about him. On this, all the apostles agree. You can only have a glimpse of him through the created world around you. You can only, in a very little way, sense his presence by your conscience. But, actually, this natural knowledge of God in nature and in conscience is enough for most people Perhaps, though, also with the sprinkling of moralistic Bible stories that they remember from Sunday school. So, maybe you imagine that you can worship God in the deer stand or on the lake. Or maybe you imagine that faithfulness is following your conscience's guide, doing the right thing. But if it came down to it and I asked you what you believe and why you believe it, probably be struggle to answer with anything more than the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In fact, by nature, you know very little about God, especially from nature and conscience. And what you know from the nature of the world around us and your own conscience, it can't save you from anything that plagues you, like your sin or your death or this world's prince. The God you come to know by the powers of your observation and the thoughts of your hearts, well, he's actually puny, limited, and inconsequential. That doesn't stop us from then adding all sorts of things to this small God, philosophical speculations, co-opting ideas from pagan mythology, or just borrowing pseudo-spiritual language from any of the religions around us. You think it's wise building up this faith of your own doing, but it's what the Bible calls foolishness. It's a rather small and dim picture of who the true God is, just calling him the big guy up in the sky. And so Jesus reveals to you. He reveals to you through his word, and his messengers, who God truly is. And it's something far more 
God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. Jesus speaks to you, and he alone reveals to you God the Holy Trinity, who is for you. You see, who God is, his relationship to you, and what he has done and continues to do for you, it must be revealed to you. Your eyes must be opened. And he does so with his word. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. John 1. He, Jesus, is the only begotten of the Father, and he alone knows the heart of the Father, and he alone can reveal the Father's thoughts. He alone has seen the Father, therefore he alone can tell us who God is. And apart from Jesus, you cannot know God as Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. That's a long introduction to tell you why we celebrate this day, the Feast of the Presentation of Jesus and Purification of Mary. You heard three short verses about how Jesus was presented in the temple to offer sacrifice as was commanded in the law of the Lord. Two short quotes from the law of Moses, and then we get to move on to the more familiar story of Simeon and his canticle, the Nook Demitus, which we'll hear later today. But those two quotations, those three short verses, are far from incidental. Again, they reveal to you, Jesus reveals to you, who he is, what he has come to do for you and for your salvation. But perhaps the importance of this 40-day-year-old Jesus and what he has done in that temple is hidden. And so I'm here to reveal it to you now. We have to back up a little bit, though, Old Testament stuff. Remember how, upon God's command, Moses set up a tabernacle, a tent, in the wilderness, and a cloud covered the tent of meeting. And when the cloud covered it, the glory of the Lord filled the place. Moses couldn't even enter into the tabernacle when the cloud rested upon it. Maybe you remember then when Solomon built the temple, his father David's idea, and dedicated that first temple in Jerusalem to replace the tabernacle. The same thing happened again. A cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister in it because of the cloud. For again, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. God's glory, this is a key word for God's presence. The way he is uniquely present in both tabernacle and in the first temple. Present with his gracious visitation. The visible sign of a bright and beautiful cloud. So it was for the tabernacle and the temple. But the temple was destroyed. Solomon's temple was destroyed as a consequence of Israel's idolatry, just as the Lord had threatened. And yet, remembering the promise of the Lord, the promise he had made to his people, that a second temple was to be built, and then he added that that temple would have greater splendor, 
than the former, than Solomon's. And so the people did. When they returned from exile in Babylon, they built a new temple. But by every estimation, the second temple was inferior, even after Herod the Great renovated it and enlarged it. The priests, the Levites, and the elders who had seen the first temple, when they returned and built the second, when it was completed, they loudly wept. They were terrified. They were sad when it was completed because it was so inferior. But not just that. Because the glory of the Lord, that Shekinah cloud, that bright, shining cloud, it didn't come down. It didn't dwell in the second temple. So it's in the midst of the second temple period that the prophet Malachi prophesied, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming. That's what today is about. Now, the messenger has come, Jesus. And in him, all the fullness of the the glory of God dwells bodily. Jesus being brought into the temple is even a more superior sign than the cloud in which the glory of God was revealed in temple and before that tabernacle. The Son of Mary and the Son of God today advents himself in the second temple to offer the required sacrifices that had been ordained by God. In keeping the law, he fulfills the law for you. Indeed, the law itself was given to testify of him. As Jesus says, all the law and prophets testify of me. So now to those two passages of law. The first, St. Luke records, is that he fulfills the law of Leviticus 12. When a woman has given birth to a male child, she's considered unclean for 40 days. With girls, 80 days, by the way. She was required, according to Levitical law, to bring her son with her to the door of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, with a lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, and a young pigeon and a turtle dove for a sin offering. Again, a lamb for a burnt offering and a pigeon or turtle dove for a sin offering. Well, that doesn't seem to jive with what we heard, except there is an accommodation made. If they are too poor to afford a lamb, then they can bring instead two turtle doves or two pigeons. This sacrifice was given chiefly as a reminder of original sin, inherited by children through birth. And yet in this case, today, Jesus is without sin. So why does he submit to this law? Does he need to make sacrifice for his sins? He submits to this law for your sake. And note, again, what is not offered. A lamb. That's because he presents himself before his heavenly Father as the Lamb of God, on whom all the sins of the world were laid. In this way, today, he is making purification, not for his sins, but for your sins. Again, thus Mary didn't offer the lamb and pigeon or turtle dove, but rather two turtle doves 
because Jesus is the true Lamb of God, on whom all those sacrificial lambs were but a picture. And now he has appeared. The law is fulfilled. St. Luke also records that Jesus fulfills the law of Exodus 12, where the firstborn sons were either to be left in the house of God, think Samuel, as you heard today, or to be redeemed with animals offered in sacrifice, or with an exchange of money, five shekels of silver. Most of the firstborn sons were redeemed. They were bought back from service in the temple or tabernacle. And so that there would be priests to serve, God had appointed Levites to be priests and servants in place of these firstborn sons. And now, the high priest of the New Testament, the priest to whom all the priests of old pointed towards, Jesus, presents himself and consecrates himself for us, to his heavenly Father. Apart from him, all the firstborn sons of Egypt would have died. Again, he is the lamb that was sacrificed for their sake. Apart from him, all the firstborn sons would have been consecrated and given into priestly service. And now Christ himself redeems them all. He is the true firstborn son who has presented himself to the Lord in your place for eternal service. A high priest of the order of Melchizedek, a priest forever. Not only the priest, but the lamb who gives his life as a ransom for many, for you. So it is that Jesus is both the firstborn of all creatures, but he is also the firstborn of all the dead. He is your eternal king and your high priest. He is heir of all things. As the firstborn son, he receives a double portion of the inheritance. But why? So that you would be given a share of all that is his, making you children of God and beloved brothers. He doesn't keep his inheritance to himself, but he gives you to share as his brothers so that you would be children of God, children made heirs of his kingdom and his life. And he is your priest, offering once and for all himself as the eternal sacrifice for sin, forgiving everything past, present, and future in his blood. So the priests and Levites and elders weeping over that second temple, they had it just right. That temple was a pale shadow of Solomon's temple or the tabernacle. And that temple, the second temple, had no mercy seat upon the, any Ark of the Covenant. The most holy place was empty because the true atonement for your sins comes in Jesus. There was no holy fire that dwelt there because Christ's Spirit has come to dwell upon you through your baptism in his name. Even the Urim and Thummim the breastplate of the high priest, those were lost and not in the second temple either because they're not needed. The high priest is Jesus. The tablets of the law were lost because Jesus is the end of the law for you. And that glory cloud, the Shekinah, that once filled the temple in unapproachable light, <laughs> that glory of God now shines upon you in the face of Jesus 
who dwells here with you by his word in his body and blood. Of course, there's no need for that temple ever again. Because as Jesus himself says, the temple, that second temple that was promised, is his very body and blood. So in Jesus, you know exactly who God is for you in a way that you could never know by looking around in this world or inspecting your conscience. Jesus reveals to you by his word that he is the only begotten Son of the Father who has presented himself and consecrated himself as the Lamb and as the Priest, the ultimate firstborn. He does this all for you to forgive you, and to give you eternal life. And that's exactly what you need, so that you too, like Simeon, may die in peace. May God grant it in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.